Alex Marlowe, Editor-in-Chief of Breitbart News, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. In today's opening, we discuss the border invasion, the SEC going after Kim Kardashian and not congressional insider traders, John Fetterman admitting he wants to confiscate guns, another gas tax record, Donald Trump suing CNN, Planned Parenthood literally having an abortion van, not a joke, and much more. Our guest is Amanda Milius, who explains the enduring legacy of her MAGA slash capable slash not crazy Venn diagram before we get into actor Billy Eichner's lunatic rantings at Straight America because people don't want to see his movie. All that and much more in the show. Let's get into it. Prices have now hit a record in Los Angeles, California, soaring past their June high. I get sometimes you guys send me photos of gas stations and what the prices are at alexbreitbart.com, and um, I was stunned. I thought that they must have been made up. That some of them, seven twenty, I think was one that I saw. Like seven twenty for for gas. I thought we had hit our peak. I thought Joe Biden reined it all in. Well. His buddy Newsom, who is also undermining him to a degree because would like to be president um, over Joe Biden, is now doing this um, level of refinery maintenance that he'd put off because prices were too high and it actually has prices higher than they were before. I'm wondering if this is the highest prices we've ever seen in the country at any point. Now, I've not run that down, but I will look into that because we got to be close to that. And uh, as I've said, I've become obsessed with this concept that I will mention probably every day if I can, that I have become more and more convinced that for human progress to occur, we need to have the cheapest and easiest to acquire energy as possible. And everything else is at a distant second in terms of what we need for human progress. In guarding ourselves against climate change or whatever is causing all of this stuff is a, uh, it, it is somewhere between a mistake and evil, maybe both. But it is somewhere in that, that realm. But anyone who's doing anything to make gas prices that high does not care about human beings. They care about something else. Human beings need cheap, abundant energy more than just about anything else. Maybe their mother's love is number one. And number two is cheap and abundant energy. There's a gas tax holiday in effect in Florida, even though the average is already lower than national price anyway. Florida's month-long gas tax holiday went into effect uh, starting this weekend. Their prices are falling below $3 per gallon in some areas. $1.2 billion tax relief package offered by none other than, say it with me, Governor Ron DeSantis. And uh, this is designed specifically to take on Joe Biden. So they're going to receive a quarter off every gallon that they purchase this month. And the is designed to help working families. So their price is already pretty low to begin with. So the prices on average were 379 in the country, according to AAA. Uh, Florida's was at 321, and now they're dropping it again. Uh, one of the one of the groups that is responsible for law this is the UN. All these globalist bodies, anything in Brussels and Davos are the problem. And I want to put something on people's radar because Carney and I have been talking about this a lot. John Carney, our economic and finance editor. 
how when the Fed makes moves, the Fed raises interest rates as they have been lately, and uh, they have been lately, they, they only have two moves, is they titrate the interest rate, and then they can telegraph what they're going to do in the future. And the uh, is generally delayed to extremely delayed results from that. So what happens is the Fed makes these moves and then sometimes it spooks the market. Uh, it sometimes will have an immediate effect on things like mortgages, which has a lot of uh, impact on families in a lot of ways. But the real results overall won't be seen for some time. So there's one thing that Carney has been warning me personally as we've had these discussions putting together a Breitbart Business Digest, that the Federal Reserve has been raising rates and raising rates, but not to a level that has reigned in inflation yet. And the trick is, is that if they get pressure to say, hey, it's not working, you need to stop, you need to stop raising rates, then we could get into a really bad stagflationary cycle where we have a hugely stagnant economy and we're not able to get inflation in check. And the UN is basically asked for exactly that. The UN doesn't care about normal people. The UN cares about uh, accumulating power and influencing control. And uh, the Federal Reserve and other central banks are uh, putting the world at risk, he writes yesterday, of a global recession and prolonged stagnation by raising interest rates to tame inflation, according to a United Nations agency on Monday. The global slump would, quote, inflict worse damage in the financial crisis in 2008 and the COVID-19 shock in 2020, said the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development. So what they're asking for is to they're trying to push the U.S. around and say that if you don't, uh, if you keep raising interest rates to try to raise, to rein in inflation in the United States, you could be inflicting something on the world worse than what we saw in 2008. That might be a little bit hyperbolic. So uh, they're arguing that inflation is driven by supply side constraints and therefore that targeting the demand with higher interest rate is inappropriate. Instead of interest rate hikes, it calls for price controls on food and energy funded by windfall profit taxes on energy companies. So there you go. So you just, just tax and tax and tax, confiscate the money, and then dole it back out. Uh, very dangerous because this could have the exact inverse effect of what they're saying. I don't trust any of these people. I don't trust any of them because uh, there's no consequences for them. If they get it wrong, they just get it wrong. So if they get it wrong, there are no consequences for them. They don't lose jobs. They don't lose power. In fact, they end up getting more. They come up with some excuse to explain it. So we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll talk to him at some point this week on this exact topic. Um, but I'll tell you what the financial regulators in the United States, what they're worried about right now, Kim Kardashian. You guys do that, right? I mean, that's, that's of course, they're focused on. A person who's probably worth a billion dollars, and um, she was trading some coins some you know crypto and these uh she'd been uh, marketing them on instagram and had not been disclosed she'd been paid to market them on instagram which you know causes the coins to go up and then the coins end up coming down because we've had this big uh burst in or uh, of, of the of the crypto bubble that we were in momentarily and she was posting containing a link to something called ethereum max and the even though she had they had instructions on how to get Emacs tokens, and she hadn't had the proper disclosures, the SEC was very unhappy about this. So they have fined her. You sitting down? One point two six 
million dollars. Oh, they busted Kim. They've got her. They've got her. So just know that the Speaker of the House, for example, is the greatest insider trader of all time. And the only the only way I say perhaps is because maybe there's a couple others on both sides of the political aisle who are even better than she is who are in our Congress right now. No one cares. No one cares. Peter Schweitzer will tell you this because the Stock Act, which is the only thing that remotely reigns this phenomenon in, uh, was due to him and his reporting, mostly on Republicans, actually, um, from way back when. But we allow for our Congress to take advantage of insider information to make millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in the stock market. No one cares. SEC doesn't care. Not at all. Not interested. Not interested in how Nancy Pelosi is hundreds of millions of dollars. Completely uninterested. You know what they're interested in? How to get, uh, and I'm going to use a swear word because this is a, a meme online. So uh, turn on Howard Stern for the next uh, 20 seconds if you've got young kids in the car. But uh, Kim Kardashian, they're worried that she'd been trading shit coins online. That's what they're called. She'd been manipulating the shit coins. That's what we care about. Are we insane? This is where Charlie Hurt cracked me up so much yesterday on the show, where he was saying we're living in such an insane moment that he feels like he could be driving out of D.C. to rural Virginia, and he could see a Tyrannosaurus Rex running in the meadow amongst the cows, and he would maybe not even think to mention that to his wife by the time he got home because there's so much crazy stuff going on. I thought that was the most brilliant way of putting exactly what's going on. It is we are watching our political class rake us over the coals, manipulate our country so they get rich in so many different ways, one way after the next after the next, and then we're uh, we're going to go get a million bucks from Kim Kardashian. Okay. Grocery stores are no longer offering a lot of the discounts that bring people in. You know how it, kind of how it goes if you go to the grocery store. Most places. Or you're constantly getting a discount or something. I literally think the last time I went to the grocery store, I think I said something like I saved $270. It was crazy. It was because they do these things where they just, they announce everything's on sale. And then you pay for everything. And then they tell you that you've saved all this money. That Have you really saved it? I don't know. Maybe they're just, um, it's like one of those furniture stores that's always going out of business. Constantly. It's always liquidating. Or, or jewelry stores. Jewelry stores are always, they've got their code where they put the price on the jewelry, but it's really 50%. And everyone in the entire industry agreed that's how you do it. It worked on me once when I bought um, uh, uh, Mrs. Dr. Marlowe a, a ring when I was 18 years old. And, you know, it, it said 240 and they said it's really 120 And I went, oh, I'm getting a steal here. I didn't realize every jewelry store on earth did that. Americans are fearing that inflation will worsen if the Democrats control the Congress. Wendell Huzaba wrote this up for us at Breitbart based on the Heritage Study. Uh, the inflation is projected to cost Americans $5,520 in 2022. I feel like it's costing about a million dollars, which is not good because I don't make a million dollars. But uh, I would, yeah, 5000 maybe, maybe on average. And Americans are uh, uh, fearing that it's going to get worse. Democrats keep the Congress. This is why I think the red wave talk is kind of back on. And if you look at the Senate map, there's so many tight races. It is really silly to be. It's almost it's almost stupid to get overly confident because 
the individual races are so tight, and we'll go through all of them for you over the next weeks and months. Not months, weeks and, you know, next five weeks. Um, but it is, I think, a moment right now where people are starting to get the picture that the economy is not, you know, roaring back as Biden promised. And we can no longer continue to give Democrats a chance to have all three houses of Congress because they're not doing a great job with it. And the stuff their rhetoric is even worse than their policy. Their policies are not good. The Inflation Reduction Act, the student loan debt forgiveness, which might not even happen now. Those are not good policies or bad policies. But then even the rhetoric is somehow worse. I, I mentioned yesterday Kamala Harris ripping uh, was uh, saying that a Hurricane Ian release, uh, relief will prioritize communities of color. It's going to be equitable because communities of color start off, um, you know, the, the white Americans start off on third base and communities of color, color uh, start off in the dugout. You know, so maybe they start off in the parking lot. So when you're giving out aid, you got to give out more to catch them back up. Even though she doesn't really know where the devastation has taken place in Florida. And I don't think any of us know for sure because it's impossible to calculate at this point. But I will tell you from my first look at it, from what I know about the state of Florida and from having a lot of conversations with a lot of different people over the last week, Hurricane Ian might have ravaged white communities more. So it would be an act of supreme racism to dole out more funds based off of people's skin tone when perhaps it is the white people on average who are suffering the most in this case. Now, I don't know for sure what it is, but it's an interesting thought exercise, right? That do you believe that you should punish a hurricane victim because they have the wrong skin tone? Kamala Harris does, and she was gleeful to share that with you. All right. Um, let me continue. The next topic, I will get into a couple uh, immigration stories. We had a report yesterday, Breitbart News, of border crosses and illegal aliens in New York City are traveling to Florida for Hurricane Ian cleanup job. I find it very interesting. I think they, they could have an interesting run. So they can go help some people in Florida, do some cleanup, and then maybe catch one of those Ron DeSantis planes for a beach vacation right after. Uh, Two million more people got power restored yesterday in Florida, which is a good sign. One of our Florida employees who's got hit pretty bad will be coming back to work today, which I'm very happy about. It's real life. This is real life. This is not a joke. This is theoretical, hypothetical stuff. Say getting your uh, life upended by a hurricane. Death tolls at 100, by the way. Um, Biden went to Puerto Rico and admitted that people failed there after Hurricane Fiona and said they haven't been taken good care of. I'm heading to Puerto Rico because they haven't been taken very good care of, and that's really bad grammar in English. And they're trying to, like hell to catch up from the last hurricane. I want to see the state of affairs today and make sure we can push everything we can. But then he did something that was so epic. He said he was actually raised in Puerto Rico. Did you guys know that about Joe Biden? Let's play cut nine, please, Mr. Zach. We have a very, in relative terms, large Puerto Rican population in Delaware, relative to our population. We have the eighth largest black population in the country, and between 
all minorities. We have 20% of our state is minority. And so I, uh, I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home mm. politically. And so we, and we came here for a long time, uh, both for business and pleasure, since you're part of the Third Circuit Court of Appeals and Delaware is as well. And I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. I spent a lot of time in the northern part of the state. Uh, he is really uh, I, I always think of Puerto Rico when I think of Joe Biden. I know you guys do, too. And I remember him taking his 18 wheeler to uh, he'd have to push it. He, w- he wouldn't drive it. I mean, uphill. And then he just let it he drive it downhill. But there wasn't a downhill. He would it was uphill both directions when he was going to work. And he'd take his 18 wheeler uh, through the Puerto Rican community. He'd have some unique breakfast tacos in San Antonio. And he would fill the tractor trailer, the 18 wheeler, with Puerto Ricans. And he would not take anyone to uh, any vacation destinations because they had. Uh, never mind. What is he talking about? Raised in Puerto Rican community. Is he trolling us or does he really think that's a good thing to say? Over 120,000 still without power in Puerto Rico. This is after Fiona hit. Um, two weeks ago, and there's still parts of the power grid that are not functional. But he's, hey, it's a, so, so you're missing power for two weeks, but Joe Biden might show up. Joe Biden might show up and say, hey, I was raised with you, just like you. Hey, <laughs> not a joke. No inflation, Jack. Have ice cream cone. Sometimes I get two scoops in the same cone. Share it with Jill. She likes that. Just 39% of voters approve of Biden right now. So this is a civics poll, not a right-wing poll, in the 30s. Uh, he got a bump from the summer, and I think because he had a couple of pieces of legislation through, Republicans helped them. People were probably bitter at Republicans. And I think a lot of Republicans kind of punch out over the summer and hang out with family. Now people are getting ramped up, looking at the election, look at the inflation, look at the gas prices. Looking on how we are a little bit closer to nuclear war than we were in the summer. And all right, let's go, Brandon. That's what they're thinking. In fact, they've been thinking, let's go, Brandon, for a year. We just had the one-year anniversary of the Let's Go, Brandon chant. It was October the 2nd. And I was really, I had so much fun at Breitbart. We put up a story. Let's go, Brandon Chan has its first birthday. And it went to the number one most popular story of the world on social media. And do you think it's coincidental that almost one year to the date that Joe Biden said that he's going to run again for president? Isn't that great? He said he's running 2024. Now, I thought he was going to run 2024. You guys know I've been I've been saying this. But that said, I don't have a perfect track record here because I did think Hillary Hillary was in the driver's seat to be the nominee. So I'm 0 for 1 so far, assuming it's not Hillary at this point, which I don't. She's not acting like she's running. But Joe, uh, I thought was, I think Joe's really in charge. I think people who say he's not in charge, I think are wrong. I think he is in charge. And I think this, uh, the even Charlie was saying yesterday that we don't know who's running the country. I think Joe Biden's running the country. I 100% think Joe Biden is running the country. I think he wants to continue to run the country. And I think that um, he has announced he's going to run again. And where did he do it? Al Sharpton show. Perfect venue. He's a uniter. Uh, changing gears a little bit, a little bit. 
Oh, no, not yet, because we got this clip. This is the self-proclaimed Democrat who says he's voting for DeSantis in the aftermath of Ian. Now, I'm I'm actually, I'm playing this partially because I'm, uh, I want to see if the producers are able to pull this off, because this is very uh, swear word laden rant. And they've, I've been told they blurted out all the bad stuff. But let's play a cut sex try. Like DeSantis, but that gas is here in Arcadia. In, in Arcadia. Now, I don't know why the rest of y'all, but it's here in Arcadia. So y'all know who we vote for. <laughs> I don't know why the rest of you, motherfuckers. I'm voting for DeSantis. And I'm a Democrat. So y'all can call it what the fuck y'all want. We got children out Okay, I'm sorry, ma'am. All right, so it's a he's a Democrat because he's got gas and he's staring at a big tanker truck filled with gas, so that's part of the fun. So, but this is a amazing thing, is because a lot of people are uh, theoretically might like some of the stuff Democrats tell them, but the bottom line is that if you can't get gas or gas is cheap and you're seeing that places that are run by Democrats can't get gas, it has an effect, it has a big effect. Um, the Part of the reason why is because the Democrats have discussed banning combustion engine cars, new cars by 2035 in some cases. I think the UN wants to do it in 2030. And we're not ready for that. The There's a viral video online that largely highlighted by Breitbart um, that was showed a guy named Tyler Hoovy Hoover, who is a guy who has a, a car channel on YouTube that's very popular. And it showed him with a new electric Ford trying to pull an old Ford, which is from from the 1930s, Model A. And he only got something like 45 minutes of driving time with it before he needed to recharge, and the recharging takes a long time. So he was able to get about 64 miles. No, I'm sorry, 128 total miles. No, I'm sorry, the plan was to make 128 total miles, and uh, he could not pull that off. So, um, he the, the with the the small level of towing, he burned ninety miles of range in just thirty miles. And remember, you're starting off; you're only going to get a couple hundred miles to charge anyway. And so, the thirty miles burned actually ninety miles. They're lying to him about how many miles you could get. Of course, he was towing something not aerodynamic, but it was not a big load. And he uh, did a video on this, and we wrote up a Breitbart. And it was really fun because then he talked about it because it made the post go extra viral. And he was very complimentary of our reporting. And there's a great line where he says, then, of course, they put their spin on about how this is because they're a right-wing website about how, you know, they're trying to ban combustion engine cars in parts of the world and they're not ready. And then he said, and they do have a good point about that. <laughs> it's pretty great. So that's fun. I said on the front page of Breitbart if you uh, want to pull that down. Um, less fun, John Fetterman wants to ban ownership of rifles. Not just the sale, ownership. So he's getting nuttier by the minute. Um, he is a, just a fascinating race, Dr. Oz continues to be, because of Fetterman, uh, clearly the worst candidate running, period, and I thought would be a uniquely good one. But then we get this story that was yesterday was going viral. I did not dig into it that much. Um but Dr. Oz apparently had a scientific experiment that uh, was uh, led to a bunch of deaths of dogs. According to a Columbia internal investigation that his research team inflicted its suffering on dogs. And uh, this is, uh, you know, if, if it's true that that's doesn't 
doesn't set well with a lot of people, from 2004. USDA ordered them to pay a penalty from the Animal Welfare Act due to a settlement the university had based on findings of an internal investigation of research Dr. Oz was doing. So this is the problem, is that we've got Fetterman, the worst candidate ever, and then we got like another another day, another thing from Dr. Oz, just discouraging. I would like to have him on the show, though, and reach out. I hope he wins, as I've said over and over again. Probably giving him more free ads than just about anyone in the race because of how bad Fetterman is. Fetterman wants to end the filibuster to push a gun ban through. It's a, all of his staff writes him working class talking points, and then he goes out and says, we want to confiscate guns and throw them out. Stacey Abrams showed up on CNN and said that continues to not accept that she lost in 2018, saying that she stands by her complaint that the process, the voting process was denied access to too many 2018. She's going to lose bad, and I think that's a good thing because I think it sends a signal that um, people, when people get to know people's true colors in this country, then they hold them accountable occasionally. So that's a race I've got my eye on. A lot of drama in Georgia, though, yesterday with Herschel Walker, according to a Daily Beast report, it has been accused of an anonymous woman of uh, uh, that he paid her for an abortion and then wrote her a card to commiserate with her is um, it would be hypocritical if true. Of course, I have no way to know if any of this is true from 20, 2009. Walker went on Hannity's show and denied it outright. Um, the report was in the Daily Beast. I'm, I don't typically hold to account. He said that I can tell you right now, I never asked anyone to get an abortion. I never paid for an abortion. It's a lie. They've jeopardized my kids, jeopardized my family. They think they can threaten me. They think they can scare me right now. All that's done is that's energized me even more. Um, I want to know people's thoughts on that. 866-95-PATRIOT because it's a challenging one because it'd be very disappointing if true. That said, does that mean you give a Senate seat to Raphael Warnock? We've kind of been through this before. So they someone had a personal failing um, 13 years ago. So does that mean Warnock should be the senator? That's the implication. And it might work this time because it's going to be such a narrow vote. More political updates in Nevada. Um, Nevada Republicans Joe Lombardo and Adam Laxalt are leading the Democrats in ahead of the midterms. These are huge races. The governor race, Lombardo's up three, Senate race, Laxalt's up two, according to a um, Nevada independent poll. Uh, these are really important races. Laxalt's running a terrific campaign. Um, I want to reach out to Lombardo. He's on my list of people I want to have come back around between now and Election Day. And a 10-point swing, according to a Monmouth poll, towards Republican control of the Congress since August. This is my point about Biden uh, recessing a little bit, the thought of a red wave coming back. Have you felt the momentum shift? I'm curious. 866-95-PATRIOT. You can call and let me know if you felt the, the It feels like it's shifting and are you getting excited? You feel like election night is going to be a good night. I think it could be a good night at this point. 
We're due for a good one in this country. So many problems right now. U.S. border arrests of migrants with criminal histories have been up 350% since 2020. This is why I think people have embraced the idea that we are being invaded. It is an invasion. Because fiscal year 2022, which just ended, um, I guess, at the end of last last few days. That, uh, so we're starting to just get data in. And nearly 300% increase in criminals who are caught. And who's to say how many got away? How many have just been absorbed into the country? Planned Parenthood has now mobile abortion clinics at red state borders. There is a, I think there was a onion story. Joe Paul is going to look this up for me because I think we'd both thought of this where they actually made fun that there would be an abortion van. And I think now they've got an abortion van. It's the, is, it, is that a good look? Is that really preferable any of you are on the fence about your take on the issues of life an abortion van okay Planned Parenthood has been responsible for tens of millions of abortions already but the abortions are becoming less fashionable federal government not sanctioning them the way they were and I think culturally is the science gets more sound, people are realizing earlier during the pregnancy that it is a life inside of the woman growing. So Planned Parenthood has to move their business model. So they got the more, uh, they got the abortion van. They're going to pull up to the corner. They're going to be, it'd be like tailgating. You pull up, Hey, you can't bring your brewskis in the stadium, but you can drink them in the parking lots. A technicality, get some brats going, get a a, a jumbo, uh, a mini jumbo Weber kettle. You do a little bit of offset cooking, and then uh, you know you spin it around, get it on the sear side. Good stuff. And then you can have a couple couple uh, tall boys for the game. That's what they're suggesting that we need to do with abortions. And one thing interesting there also is that they're now also pushing puberty blockers to minors. This is what I'm saying where they're trying to move their business model. Because they want their business model is not going to be just their, they're not going to be as many abortions to be had. So they got to come up with other stuff. So they're getting in on the trans movement. And so they want to be the ones who are championing the chemical castration of people and then the mutilating of their bodies with various surgeries. And they're going to be the place to get that. And they'll keep them in business, keep them moving. All right, last one, fun one before we go to the phones. Donald Trump is suing CNN for $475 million for defamation. Now, these suits have worked. Uh, we were discussing, producing staff, why he picked 475 Why not 275 or $100 trillion or $1 billion. Um, He has a statement out. I'll read a little bit of this and then we'll, we'll take some of your calls. A lawsuit was filed today against CNN, the once prestigious news channel that has devolved into a purveyor of disinformation, defamation, and fake news, which he capitalized, which is fun, at a level with which the American public and indeed the world will not even believe is possible. For years I've watched this take place, often in disbelief, but this time has finally come to hold CNN responsible, legally accountable, for their willful deception and defamatory statements made about me and both directly and indirectly my strong, devoted, and patriotic supporters. People who love the United States of America have been treated very unfairly on so many levels. 
The big lie that they constantly refer to is actually the big lie in reverse. They know that, and it will be proven in court. So it's over the January the 6th stuff. And uh, yeah, a lot of lying by CNN. I don't know if any of it's illegal, but um, a lot of lying to be done. One thing that I have to credit Trump, though, he's very good about not sending people onto CNN, not sending surrogates, not going on himself. Of all the people, he loved talking in the New York Times, and uh, I think he was too charitable to many, many outlets. But he was tough on CNN. So now he's suing them for $475 million. I don't know how he cashes in on that, but I'll be watching to see how it plays out. speaking to plot against the president director amanda milius who's a contemporary of mine we grew up around the same time in similar circles in los angeles and we both found our way to washington at the same time doing uh, similar things she was in the state department before making the excellent plot against the president documentary with devin nunes and cash patel and other characters who you hear on the show from time to time uh, her father john milius is a legendary screenwriter and filmmaker from hollywood and she brings those chops to her projects, but she's also pretty fun as a social media influencer online as well. So always a good catch up with her. And let's take a listen. This is Amanda Milius. Hi, Amanda. We have so much to get to. I want to talk about your Venn diagram. I want to talk about uh, some of the things that you've been up to, which made an appearance on the show. I don't even think you got the credit for it, but I'm but I just I popped over to your I'm Twitter. So... Yeah, well, we're going to get to it, but I popped over to Twitter because I, I, I got to talk about Joe Biden just posing with a car that will be illegal in most of his country by the time yeah. he's done with his third term. And he's, it's a great looking car, but this is, this is not legal in Joe Biden's America. And he's posing saying, get in folks for building a better America. Is he trolling us? Do we have him wrong? Is he actually the smartest guy in the country other than Hunter? Uh, you know, in the upside down world, it's hard to say, uh, because that is the most memeable photograph I've ever seen, which is why I had to repost it on my Twitter. And I was like, let the memes begin, because like our creatives will go so nuts with that. Like, let the autists have their way with that photo. Let them let them loose, let them out of their cages and let them let them meme away at that picture. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's unbelievable. We'll have it at Breitbart uh, shortly. It's a. It's tough to do radio. Something that's purely visual, but it is stunning stuff. But in a legal car, no, no, I'm already seeing the memes come in. They're unbelievable. Okay, but let's. I want to talk about the Venn diagram. So Johnny McEntee was on, and he was explaining. Uh, what is it? Maybe this is like like a modern version of the crazy hot matrix, which is the uh, viral YouTube video <laughs> that we've seen a thousand times. It's but talking is. about. Yeah, uh, talking about identifying. So the Venn diagram, which Kamala Harris loves Venn diagrams. I don't know if you know this, Amanda, well, but you, you're in good. Yeah, people told me that, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but I, I was there first. Like, I was the first woman to draw Venn diagrams constantly in the White House. So she can go ahead and, uh, you know, send me a certificate of uh, the first female Venn diagram drawer or whatever. But, um, yeah, that was I was really pleased because I mean I've I've nothing but respect for Mr. McEntee. I mean I'm just as I said in my tweet just honored that my Venn diagram that I left in that room managed to stay there. Yeah, <laughs> a year so after so I left the admin. 
people who miss that interview is really uh, John McEntee is a superstar in the MAGA world. He really does um, media. So he we, he was on the broadcast last week, and I asked him about the keys to hiring. He was in charge of hiring under President Trump over the last year or so of his administration. And he talked about a concept that, that you created, which is this Venn diagram of MAGA capable and not crazy. Explain this. Yeah. Well, so I would spend a lot of time, um, you know, not work hours, um, but being that the before the pre McEntee age, we had so many bad people doing hiring that like there was very little that those of us that were MAGA, like, and were in the administration could do, you know, you'd, you'd go in there and you'd be like, you'd run in and you'd be like, hey, so uh, that communication staffer you just hired, uh, as of yesterday, tweeted out that the president is, the, is Hitler and uh, we should do everything we can to stop the administration. Perhaps we shouldn't bring them into the building. I don't know. That's just like a theory of mine. And then you would just be shooed out or like escorted off the grounds. Um, so I, uh, you know, at state or occasionally, I, I really, I think I developed that, that diagram at state because I was like, what does, what is wrong with, with us? What do we need? And I realized that actually the reality of it is, okay, so the diagram, the Venn diagram where it's like the first circle is MAGA, right? Which just means they understand the administration. If you ask them, to their face, just no nos. <clears throat> what is the point of this administration? What were the promises that were made on the campaign trail? Just go. What were your favorite ones? You don't have to have all of them, but just any would be fine at this point. Just like like immigration, you know, pushing against China, um, some of the more in-depth foreign policy stuff, obviously, because I was at state. So that's what I was kind of hoping someone working at state might understand, but very few did. The best is when we had Wes Mitchell, like the world's biggest fan of the EU, like pop in over at EUR, where you were like, I'm going to do like pro-Brexit stuff. And they're like, no, you're not. And I'm like, wait, but we, but the president had Nigel Farage on the stage. We support Brexit. Hello? Anyone? Okay. Um, so the first, the first circle is MAGA, which just means you understand what the administration said it was going to do. The second... Or, or, that, or that you would take direction from the president, for example, just even that, like that you might even just abide by like the law of the country and take, take orders from the president. The second circle is capable, which you would think you wouldn't have to have on there, but let me tell you, like capable means you can put your shoes on, you can show up to a meeting on time, you own a suit, you own proper clothing to work in a government building and give respect to the administration that hired you that you can work in the white house and not like you know uh, look embarrassing like that you can you can um have ha know how to be in a meeting and not make a total jack uh, i don't know if you're allowed to curse so i will yeah it's, it's okay you're 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 free okay jackass out of enjoy your life meeting, which um, th thank you. Thank you, man. I, I will try. Um, and uh, and uh, capable in so much as um, also understanding the bureaucracy and like quickly catching up like no one's going to give you a manual like you get thrust in an agency like figure yes. out how it works. Who's in charge of what? If you got to get a policy through, who do you need on your side? Um, if you got to stop a policy that's really bad. Where do you stop it? Where in the bureaucracy chain do you stop it? Who do you talk to? Who? How do you get to the secretary? Do you have a relationship with the secretary? Or like whatever, just capable of working. It's just, just that's it. That's part of it's one of those circles. 
And the final circle is not crazy because I've met maybe five people that fit into all of those circles in the admin. And I myself, let's be honest, I'm NAGA, I'm capable, but am I not crazy? I don't know. <laughs> I'm all three of this. Like, I'm not this. I'm not. You know, this isn't like about me. I'm not discounting myself. Like, I myself don't necessarily fit in all three circles. And I started to realize as I analyzed the people who I worked with that there was like no one that fit into all three circles. Like, you'd have like perfectly capable people who understood the, the you know, the bureaucracy or, the, or or whatever it was. They didn't seem crazy. They seemed very kind of normal, but they certainly weren't MAGA. They were like doing somebody else's policy or you'd meet somebody who was who was MAGA and and very mild mannered and like, you know, nice, like a nice little right. girl who like wanted to like take notes or something in the meeting. So she wasn't crazy. But was she capable? Not really. I mean, not 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 at accomplishing anything. So like she doesn't fit in all three circles. Like, so the amount of people that fit in all three circles is like the unicorn. Like, if you find someone who, like, one of the, like, ten people that can fit in all three of those circles, you have to hire them. Like, that's, that's what we want. We want those people. Like, and so I used to just scribble that. Like, sometimes if I was in, like, a particularly horrific meeting where, like, everything was going wrong and there was no way I could stop it. And I was, like, sitting there listening to, like, you know, someone like, uh, I, I, again, as I am a little bit, I'm still a little bit remiss at saying names, but I guess I'm the one that does so. But like, you'd be sitting in a state department meeting with like half the comms team, the spokesperson, Mike Pompeo and like Brian Hook or something. And they'd be like talking about some policy. And you're like, I literally never heard of this policy being one of our goals, but whatever. So I can't, stop this because the last time I did, I almost got fired. So I'm just going to draw these little circles in my notebook. Cause I'm not, I'm just going to go back to my bureau and do what I do. And like, you guys can do whatever, but I, I, I'm a solo bird. Like I, I make things happen by myself and just don't tell anybody. And then they just appear out in the world. Um, so, so uh, either to great applause or to great dismay, but either way it's too late to stop them. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I operated. So I had lots of um, occasion to get out my uh, frustrations once I had already yelled and shouted in the meeting to um, draw my little diagrams. And so I, I brought one over to um, uh, to uh, personnel one day because I was always going over to personnel. I was Anytime I was in the White House, I was always sneaking over to personnel just being like, oh, my God. We've got. Have you heard of this? Like, do you know about this person? Like, good God! Like, what about this? Like, you know, like there's always some kind of like fire, and they after a while it would just be like they'd see me coming down the hall. They'd just be like, oh God, here she comes. Like, <laughs> now what? And I'm like, you won't believe what's happening at state. Um, but uh, but anyway, so um, after the wonderful welcome change to the personnel office of. Johnny McEntee, James Bacon, and and the like, like these cool MAGA kids, not necessarily, I mean, I call them kids because they're um, at least two years younger than I am, um, are, uh, are um, were what was wonderful because they had energy and they were bold and fearless and they did everything that we should have been doing year one, but thank God they were there at least for like the last year. Um, right. And did what they could, you know, it, it wasn't, it, it, it's still difficult. Like once you're, once someone's in, it's very hard to get them out. 
It's all yes. about the hiring at the beginning. It's virtually impossible to get rid of someone once they're there because it's a, the big upheaval. Although, unless they're actually MAGA and making making strides, in which case the administration or ha- apparently or a certain secretary has apparently had no problem allowing such people to be like literally escorted out of buildings, like in or out of handcuffs. Um, it was really uh, a little bit that was a bit much. Um, so, yeah, so I left my little Venn diagram there with the best wishes for, for the, uh, the new personnel team. And I think it was right before, sadly, I had to resign. I mean, it's just the way things went. I would have loved to have been in there when they were in there and, like, you know, <clears throat> had more friends, uh, uh, you know, to reach out to than before. I mean, it was tough. Um, but I think I resigned shortly after they came in. I don't know. I think we all crossed over for about six months. Um, and they, they did great things. Like they put Abby Jones in at, as a head of uh, the White House, the White House liaison at State Department, to which, I mean, the party that was being thrown in my office on that day was like, you, you can't believe, because the previous White House liaison was like, Pretty much like, have you ever seen Conan the Barbarian, like the the witch demon that like you throw into the fire? Like we threw her in the fire. We were so happy. We were just like, oh my god, she's gone. Even if she's been, even if she's been put into some other rubber room where she can't get in the way, like fine, like just get her out of personnel. Um, so we were very happy about that. And then I had to leave. I think in. Uh, February, March of 2020, because I went to make plot against the president. So sadly, I wasn't able to hang out with my 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 friends in the admin. But it was it was good for a while. There was plenty of good people there for a while. It's just that they were constantly looking over their shoulder, thinking they're about to get fired by some neocon zombie. I mean, it was really uh, quite spooky. But still, it's a good lesson for anyone who has to hire anyone or manage anyone that you're kind of looking at the, the are they capable uh, do they the, carry the values of the institution or the organization? Are they willing to, to get behind them? And then the last thing is, are they are they crazy? And I feel like on the right, we've had we've elevated a lot of people over the last 10, 15 years who are like 17 percent too crazy and, and not not that's like wildly too crazy. But the, the, yeah, that because, was always the number in my head. Just a that, little bit. That, that was a good one. Just like 17 percent too outwardly crazy. Like yeah. I could keep my crazy under wraps. Like, you know, for like the three years I worked in government, I have a feeling if for whatever reason I had to do the full four years, I pretty snapped. I mean, <laughs> the I 70% would come out. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I could, the, like my actual personality would have been revealed. Um, I like, but, but, but capable is big too. You know, for me, a lot of my issue is so I've got writers and you produce a lot of content and I've got editors that produce a lot of content and a lot of, uh, there's a lot of very smart people, but ultimately oh, be careful. You, they're you, listening to this. Oh no! I want them to listen to this, and and but but there is a but but potentially potential employees, the yeah. the people who would like to work. It's it is a skill in and of to itself to hit submit or to hit file or to hit publish, and just being able to do that. And like for whatever reason, there's a holdup for certain people that they don't feel comfortable putting yeah, out a well, certain level comms, of content. Or yeah, that's what it is. It's scary because people don't realize. So comms is always the last is the caboose, right? It's like policy and just no matter what organization you're in whether it's whether it's a government organization or a private organization the publish button is the last train on the on the on the the last car on the yes yes so people get squeamish about it which is why it drives me nuts but like it's very common in 
I don't know about in Democrat world, but in Republican world, what they tend to do is people just throw their girlfriends in comms because they're like, well, you, she's, <laughs> she's good at like saying things. She talks a lot. Here, put her in comms. Um, like, and you're like, and then you're an actual comms professional, I swear, like myself, who's literally got a master's degree in communications, technically, I mean, in, in film, but you have to have, have it in communications first. Um, and and then you go in there and you're like trying to like be strategic and they're like, um, actually, um, next week is infrastructure week. So we won't be able to do that. And you're like, okay, well, the world just had a news changing, yeah. you know, event. So uh, maybe we should like react to that and like use it in our favor instead of like, just like, I don't know whatever the hell is on your stupid calendar, but like maybe like just who cares? I don't yeah. know, just a thought. Like, so I wasn't super popular. Thank God I didn't actually work in comms. Uh, we are in a homophobic moment here. And I know this because <laughs> actor Billy Eichner has told us we are. He has launched a tirade against straight people because his LGBTQ plus two-spirit rom-com called Bros is a huge box office bomb despite good reviews. Uh, I I didn't know that straight people wouldn't go to movies about gay people. Maybe it's just his movie, but uh, he's very mad at the straights and he's yelling at them to go see his movie, which we will not do. We will not. I'll speak on behalf of all the straights. I'm not interested. But but what's going on here? It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. That rant at the VMAs. I, I, I just, as somebody who put out a movie that like, if I, I believe me, if you gave me an, uh, a platform, I would rant at a whole bunch of people. Uh, it would probably be the FBI, but like uh, <laughs> the, the, the ranting at like like heterosexual America is like uh, a pretty bold strategy to get people to see your movie. And like as John Nolte like said, which was amazing in his uh, coverage of it. Um, you know, there's been like 10 or 12 very well-known, very well-received, very well-watched movies about gay people since, like, I can't even believe this is still a thing since, like, the 80s that is, that is like, they're done really well. Like, like I, I felt the same way when I went to Cannes this year. Like, I wandered around the market, which is where all of the different countries present, um, their sort of top movies for the year, their, their their little presentation for like who will buy them and distribute them or whatever. And um, every single country had the same movies. There was a refugee movie and there was a gay movie. And then there was like a movie about like children swimming in some way or another. Like I swear to God. So I started to get like really bored and I just started pitching because they were they weren't they weren't they were not going to be interested in what I had to offer. I could tell after about the first forty five minutes, I started to really get sick of it. So I would just start pitching the movie I had heard at the or I had observed on the posters at the booth next to me. I would go to the next booth and I'd be like, "Well, we have uh, a refugee movie um, about a family that is coming from Bavakovich uh, over to um, to Europe and." Uh, we also have a, a, uh, another movie about um, secret lesbians who pretend to be sisters, but mm. actually they're lesbians. And they'll be like, really? And I'm like, yeah, it's really, really touching. And wow. Like, oh, we're interested in that. And you're like, that doesn't even make any sense. What I just said doesn't even make any sense. 
Like, I know. Uh, it, it literally does not make any sense. That's really like, brilliant. And, and also, so you're just like, how does anyone still give a shit? Nobody cares. Like, everybody's gay. Nobody cares. Like, not everybody's gay. But nobody cares. Like, it's over. Like, everyone's, like, fine. Like, that. Yeah, well, well I, but Nolte has a list of uh, gay movies that are movies with gay themes in them that did really well. Uh, the top of the list is Bohemian Rhapsody, which also won a lot of Academy Awards. I forget which, which ones. Which was not, the okay, and kicked off, let's not forget, because Bohemian Rhapsody is what kicked off, because Hollywood is so stupid that they have to wait till one movie does well, and then they, they copy whatever they think did well about it in, yes, like, in other right. movies that are, like, terrible. So that's why we have all these like really half-ass rock docs these days from like that era, know, which is really, how you ended yeah. up with that horrific Elton John movie, which makes me very upset because Elton John is kind of my spirit animal. And yeah, I he's, just, he's a force I, of nature. He really is. I mean, I'm I love Elton John. I cannot believe that they just they they dishonored him with such a terrible film. At least Bohemian Rhapsody, my other favorite person ever. Um, uh, uh, um, what's his? Oh my God! Freddie Mercury. Like, Freddie Mercury is like when I was yeah. a child and I didn't know what gay people were. I would literally like tell my mom that I wanted to grow up to be Freddie Mercury or to marry him. Um, like just because like I'd see like stuff on VH1 Classics and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And yeah, she'd be like, that's not gonna happen. And, and he he was so good, and the, the movie was all right. But the the point is, is that it's not that it. Maybe it's because they had overt sexual themes in it. But straight America just doesn't like Billy Eichner, and gay America doesn't seem to like Billy Eichner either. Because ninety five percent of gay America didn't see the movie either. So no one likes Billy Eichner. We all agree on that. It, it appears. So that's the issue. Zach Jones, Greg Eben, produced the show. Robert Marlowe helps me pick topics. And all of you are the most important people. Telling 10,000 friends and family members about the show. Thanks for doing that. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh.